Here we go. Yes. I am Alan Winston. And I am Rebecca McCain. And today, Barcourt Radio is recording on the street at West End Avenue and 92nd Street. In fact, I'm wearing a mask, so it sounds a little muffled. But we're trying to be uh, socially distanced Honey, you here. always sound that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> we will be celebrating the resiliency of our Upper West Side neighbors as we face down a most deadly pandemic. This is the second part of BCR's 100th episode celebrating resiliency of the Upper West Side. In part one, we spoke with Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer, and for this part two, we're featuring Rafael Espinal. Uh, he was a former city council member, and he now runs the Freelancers Union. Oh, I'm schwitzing here. You're schwitzing. <laughs> Just a minute, darling. But, I, I got too much that's clothes That's the shit sticks a goddess like, way. I'm, I'm spitzing. I said schwitzing. What's wrong? Schwitzing. Oh, that's good. That was good. That was good. It is the custom of Bar Crawl Radio to have conversations at our neighborhood bars. But we are in the middle of the worst pandemic in modern era. And we are recording outside on the street, practicing social distancing and talking with each other and each of these city leaders one at a time. So with that caveat, it is the BCR custom to start the party with, here we go. This is Barco Radio, and we're on West End Avenue. It's our 100th episode. Yay! And Rafael Espinal just, has Perfect. just stepped up, time. and he'll, uh, he'll come up to the mic in a second. What's up, guys? How you doing? You know, I'd give you guys a hug and everything, you know? Virtual hug. <laughs> yes. There we go. You're you look uh, You look more relaxed, Raphael. I do, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking you might say that on the way over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, you want a, do you want a beer? Sure. And I was going to ask if there were beers. They are there. Of course. This is Bar Crawl Radio. No, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, this is great. It's, it's Bark Row Radio all over again. It is. It we're, really we're, is. We're doing our best to come back. <laughs> Can't go to bars, so we'll build one out here. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Can we do a little, a little intro like we usually do? Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. And, and, and talk to you. You guys looking, all good? You're looking good. You guys Relax. all good? You guys okay? You don't have we're the good. Family's okay? You don't have the ties. Family's okay. <laughs> That's it. Everyone's not No, we're good. We're yeah. good. That was Stephen Feifke's Jazz Quintet at the Gin Mill, one of our great Upper West Side bars that had to be oh, closed right. due to the pandemic. We have with us now one of our favorite <laughs> BCR guests, he has been with us many times, and Alan covered his run for city advocate a year ago. We have celebrated his many accomplishments as city council member for District 37 in Brooklyn, and now Rafael Espinal is the leader of the Freelancers Union. How did that happen? <laughs> um, yeah, good question. Um, actually, it happened after I ran for public advocate. Freelancers Union actually endorsed my campaign one of the few unions to do so. Uh, we've had a great relationship for many years. As you know, I've done a lot of work on supporting New York City's nightlife, supporting the, the artists in our city, and the union uh, uh, does a lot of work to support that constituency. So I guess while they were in a position in which they were transitioning executive directors, they were looking for candidates and they reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in taking on this role? Uh, of course, I was a little you know, taken aback. You know, I'm a council member, I have a year and a half left of my term. But then I thought to myself, what better way can, could I continue serving people 
but also work for an organization that I myself have a lot of respect and admiration for uh, and all of the work they've done here in our city over the years. So I thought to myself, this is, the, this is the opportunity. If I don't take it now, I won't be able to take it later. So welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back to Bar Crawl Radio. How have you been handling social distancing? Uh, it's been good, good on my end. I, I spend a lot of time home, um, you know, so uh, I've been doing the best I can to make sure I'm wearing my mask wherever I go, uh, you know, doing my part in using my social media channels, letting people know that it's cool to wear a mask, uh, that we should be doing all our part. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been tough for obvious reasons. We're all a little isolated now. Um, my favorite bars aren't open as they yeah, used to no, be. Yeah, don't get bars. It's like uh, we miss it. But they're yeah, open. They're, just, they're doing street dining. Yeah, yeah we, we should go. We have to see if we, we get yeah, over there. We over there. Um, you, you were city council for a while, and you did some great work. You're also a state assembly yeah. member, um, and you did some great work. If there was one takeaway, I mean, you've had a little distance. Yeah. If you had one takeaway from your time on the city council, what should it be? What should we remember Rafael Espinal as city council member? I guess I really focused a lot of my time on highlighting issues that I felt the city wasn't doing enough on. Um, my environmental uh, work that I've done to, to ensure that New York City is an environmental leader, not only here in the country, but across the globe. Um, you know, my, my passion around nightlife issues and uplifting our nighttime economy. What really makes New York City so great is the fact that we're known as a city never sleeps. And that's an issue that always was a dicey issue for politicians. Um, and also just fighting for communities like mine. You know, I grew up in East New York, is, is the neighborhood I represent. And I was the first elected official to, to bring a historic amount of investment into that neighborhood to build affordable housing, improve our schools, and make it one of the great neighborhoods in our city. So yeah. what do you think, though, about the fact that the, um, there's a concern with even having um, open, you know, open air bars where, they're, where everyone's kind of out on the street, that they're getting too crowded, that they're not wearing masks when they should be? I mean, as a, as the uh, yeah. as someone concerned about nightlife, what do you think of that? It's a real concern, I, and you know, it's a little troubling when you see these videos of, of folks crowding the streets as if it was bur uh, Bourbon Street in, in New Orleans, right? Um, so I, I think that more needs to be done to ensure that everyone's doing their part. Uh, you know, we you know, I, I don't think that we should put the blame on the bar and on the restaurant. What we're seeing is a lot of these folks are getting ticketed while they're all they're just trying to make money to keep the doors open, be able to keep the employers paid. Uh, there should be more emphasis on, on the actual patrons uh, who are going there and being irresponsible. You can't expect for one restaurant owner to be able to manage a crowd of folks out on the streets. It's just not, it's just not yeah, uh, real. We have to work as a community and, and work together to keep, keep all of us safe. If I can mention one thing that I thought you did was great, and when, it, when we had the podcast on it, I was just wowed because I had gone onto the Brooklyn Grange and went onto the roof there and, and I saw the possibility of putting green roofs on all the new buildings. And you, man, you were kind of like so pivotal in making sure that into Perpetua, yeah. into the future, New York City is going to have green roofs. Yeah. It's, you uh, must be proud of that. It's one of my greatest accomplishments. I was actually thinking about it earlier today. Yeah. Um, because I'd had, I'd had former constituents reach out about the initiative and how it's working. How can they get involved? And it just, just kind of made me think that this is something that would always continue to exist. It'll be, it'll be exist. here past we're here. Yeah, exactly. This is a law now in the books. Any building has to have a green roof that's being built, that's being reconstructed. Uh, so from And I'm, who's going to vote against it? No one at this point. Yeah. I mean, 100 years from now, we're going to have 
a green New York City. Rooftops. It's a win-win. It's yeah. good for the building. It's good for the neighborhood. Exactly. We were just talking. We were there's a building going up on 91st Street and, and Broadway on the corner there, and we were talking to the workmen as they. Um, <laughs> We're working, and we asked them about that, and they knew. They said, "Yeah, there's going to be a green roof on, on this building." And I, I want to think, I want to say it might be one of the first. Yeah, it could, it in, could of, be of a new build. It could be, right. especially in this neighborhood. Okay, so you're the executive director of the Freelancers Union. What is the Freelancers Union? So the Freelancers Union is exactly that. It's a union, an organization uh, that came together in order to provide resources and advocacy for freelance workers. Uh, there, there are a lot of freelancers who uh, make up our city's economy. There's a study that showed that 30% of our workers are freelance workers. These are micro, small businesses, folks who are building a clientele, who are building uh, their business to be able to, to you know, create a living for themselves here in the city of New York. And the union, what we do is curate all of the great benefits that exist for freelancers, let them know what's available. We also offer health insurance and other types of insurances that freelancers need to conduct their business. Then we also do the advocacy, and that's where that's why they saw me as a valuable component uh, to their future. Because now I am someone who has to go back into city hall and argue for why the city should be fighting for freelancers, uh, making sure the laws reflect their needs. So that's where they that's where they hired you. Yeah, for, yeah. I mean a big reason because you were a spokesman for what they do. Who who are freelancers specifically? Well, in, in New York City, a majority of freelancers actually work in the media creative uh, industries. A lot of photographers, filmmakers. A lot of models, musicians, uh, podcast uh, creators. So we see in our, in our membership, we see a lot of folks in the, in the creative fields um, who, who consider themselves freelancers and doing the work. Right. What about getting some of those uh, musicians uh, performing at these sidewalk uh, cafes? Yeah, ab absolutely. Right? There's a big conversation about how can we create opportunities for performers now that venues are closed and they won't be able to put on concerts the way they used to. How do we use our parks, our community gardens? the front of restaurants to be able to provide them jobs and, and, play, and ways to entertain the city. Are, are, there, are, are there any other ideas about how freelancers can actually, you know, uh, uh, lever uh, this, this pandemic to, to work for them? Yeah, I mean, I think this, I think the, this pandemic, the, anytime there's a downturn in the economy, it creates opportunities for freelancers to kind of circle back and think about how they can create a stronger business model. How do they upskill themselves to be able to be more attractive to, to employers? How do, how do, how do they uh, rethink about how the economy is going to shift in the next few months and how can they be ahead of that? Uh, so they, they have that flexibility. I think they're used to that, right? They're, they're known to go from gig to gig. Uh, so you know, having a few months without pay is, is something that they can manage and really use it as a time to get creative think about how they can build their business and, and, and make, make use of those opportunities. Right. There was a stimulus bill that was just yep. put out. Oh, do the freelancers that you represent, have they taken advantage of it? Yeah, ab absolutely. I mean, it's important to note that uh, my membership, we, we surveyed them after the pandemic hit to figure out how badly uh, the situation has affected them economically. And 90% and of them reported to have lost income or will pr predict to lose income in the next few months. And over 85% of them uh, wrote back saying that they were going to depend on unemployment insurance in order to be able to get by through the pandemic. So I advocated actually working with Chuck Schumer to ensure that unemployment insurance for the first time covers freelance workers. Unemployment is only, is only available to the, to the traditional worker. Freelancers can never have in the history uh, of, of the program have a qualified for that. So because of the pandemic, I used it as a leverage to work with Chuck Schumer and make sure that the CARES Act for the first time covered them. And now they're getting the $600 a week uh, to help them get by. 
and it's been a great win. Uh, has it been perfect? No, not everyone has been able to get through the system because it's been flooded with millions of calls. Uh, but those have gone through, are getting paid, have been able to you know take care of themselves. With Congratulations! This time. I mean, uh, yeah, we, good work. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you know, well it done. occurs to me that with uh, people working from home, and, and a lot of businesses are going to allow their workers to continue to working from home, even when they take people back into the office. That I'm wondering if they're not going to perhaps start um, ha causing them to be part-time workers. You know, not a full-salaried yeah. employee. And how is that something that you might be concerned about? As the yeah, extremely concerned. I actually was hearing uh, a, a testimonial from a restaurant owner who was saying that now he's only able to put out five tables compared to 20 tables, and because of that, his workers only get one or two shifts. Uh, and so you have people who are coming back to work and they're not making the same amount of salary they were uh, prior to the pandemic. And, that, and that's causing issues because now when they go file for unemployment, they're not getting the full benefit. They're making a little less money while they're actually working or they may not qualify for the benefit. Right. And it's creating a lot of issues. So I think that the next stimulus package, which is being talked about right now in the Senate, uh, has to include some sort of stimulus uh, uh, program in which people are getting paid uh, through this pandemic to help right. supplement whatever income for they're underemployed making. exactly people right. yeah i noticed yeah. on your website that um the freelancers union supports black lives matter and the protest what, what is your connection there what is what is the union's connection there yeah well I, I think it's it's important one for us to highlight that uh you know freelancers um are made up from a, a wide range of dem dem demographics right uh i think that there's a lot of folks who, when they think of a freelancer, they think as a, of an upper-middle-class white person uh, who has found a way to uh, break away from the system and create their own their own little opportunity and create their own jobs. But the freelancers are, are from all different faiths, backgrounds, colors. There's a lot of black freelancers, and we wanted to make sure that they were highlighted and that the union was playing a role in fighting for their rights uh, because this this movement uh, includes them, includes our members. We want to show that we're we're standing in solidarity and support. Right. You stepped into the freelancers union on March 2nd. It's about the yeah. time, that's about the exact time when the pandemic started to roar. Yeah. And you took over this union, taking a new position. I mean, what was that like? Yeah, it was- That uh, must have been tough. It was insane, it was insane. <laughs> I, I started the job and within two weeks, I was sent home uh, because we had to close <laughs> our office, <laughs> close office down. And I, I had, what happened to the learning curve? Yeah, exactly. There was zero learning curve. I, I, I hardly, hardly had any time to get to know who the staff was. Uh, so here I am. I'm the new boss. Uh, and you've only met me for a week and a half. So uh, it, it really um, was challenging in that regard. But it was also, um, I think, an opportunity for the union to step up and use my experience in government to figure out how to navigate the situation and, and be an advocate for freelancers. Just to follow up on that, maybe having a new face in this new situation kind of allowed you to pivot. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it really um, was an opportunity to get the, the, free, free, the union up into the limelight, uh, use my connections in government to fight for the programs like unemployment insurance, uh, and also think about ways that the union can do relief programs. So we created a freelancers relief fund, uh, which we started raising money from the general public to get it to hands of freelancers who had issues buying groceries, paying rent, and all those other things. There, there you go. And we have a garbage truck coming through. There's one of our essential workers. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, let, 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 let him pass. Uh, you're not on city council anymore, so I mean, you're, you're free. No. Would you have voted for the budget? Uh, I would have voted no. You would have gone with Helen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have voted with Helen. Why? Rosenthal. 
Uh, I, I think it was the right thing to do. We have to send a strong signal. I mean, this was the moment to actually listen to the voices on the ground and, and do the right thing. And the budget uh, wasn't doing that. It wasn't doing that at the moment. Um, and I think that if, if you know, all the budgets we've, we've pushed and passed, this was the time to really take the momentum of the people and pass a budget that reflects what, what we were hoping to see. Something a little more radical. Exa something. I mean, if you compare this budget to others, just, just by attention that has received, you know, thousands of people were tuned in watching the budget vote. You know, you, you don't get that in the city council ever. So this was the time to show that this council was working on behalf of the folks of our I city. wonder if they've gotten a response. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there anything you miss about being on city council? I miss because I know I know you had political aspirations. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I and have you put that aside? I put it aside. Yeah. On pause. On pause. pause. Okay. It's on pause. I like okay. it's pause on pause. Is good. Pause is yeah, good. just to see. You know, okay. I, I, I can never say never. Uh, I, I've I've had a lot of interest in running for Congress, and uh, after leaving this, you know, doing the work in the city, maybe doing some national work. Uh, so we'll see. Well, we'll freelancers' union is national work. It is national work, and that's another another aspect that really uh, in, intrigued me about taking the position. So. I was hoping to be traveling to LA and other parts of the, uh, other parts of the country during this time for the right. pandemic. Hit two weeks after I started. Sure, so, right. here I am. You had your eye on the ad advocate uh, yeah, position, definitely. And um, yeah, Raphael, I know you're into film. What have you seen lately that you like? Oh, um, what have I seen lately that I liked? I rewatched Die Hard three, only because <laughs> I, I wanted to see New York City in action. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm I'm really interested in and really excited about. Christopher Nolan's new film called Tenet. It's coming out in a few weeks. All right. Yeah, the director of the Batman trilogy that recently sure. came out. Yeah, so that, that movie looks really good. I'm, I'm excited. That's great. Thank you to our good friend, Raphael Espinoff, for joining Bar Crawl Radio for another conversation. Yeah. And we are sorry we couldn't buy you a beer at Gephardt's. But I, I, we got him a beer. Yeah, I know. But so not at Gephardt's, yeah. We got you a beer anyway. This is probably the best interview ever. We're in the middle of the street. It's like a, it's a beer, Manhattan block afternoon. party. We're drinking know, a right? beer. The wind's blowing. It's great. You got, you got your black T-shirt on. <laughs> exactly. I want to make sure we got a picture yeah. uh, of um, you. You're listening to Barcore Radio's 100th episode, recorded on West End Avenue in mid-July 2020. In part one, we talked with Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer. And in this episode, we just talked with Rafael Espinal, head of the Freelancers Union. In the third part of Barcar Radio's 100th episode, we talked with two women running for the New York City Council in 2021. You can contact Barcrawl Radio hosts Rebecca and me, Alan, and producers Alina and Chris at barcrawlradio at gmail.com. Mm -hmm.